Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show, episode 273. Today, I want to teach you how to prospect without feeling like a salesperson. So if you're somebody that in the past has struggled with this, worrying about what other people might think or feel about you, their opinions of you and your business, maybe there are people that you'd love to share your business with that you just met online or you haven't spoken to in a while, but that fear of of connecting with them and having them have the wrong idea of you, of, of the purpose of connecting is something that's held you back. If you, you're somebody that struggled with knowing the right time to transition to your business, or maybe you're just somebody that's prospecting and quote unquote relationship building every day, but you're not having any like real meaningful conversations that lead to something that's actually meaningful in your business uh, results, then I think this episode is definitely going to be helpful for you. Now, I'm going to be sharing with you a training that we did in uh, the Rank Up Bootcamp that we're actually, uh, that we finished up just last week. And inside of this program, I talked about a guide that we gave our students in there called How to Ask Better Questions. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about this thing called Love, Serve, Grow. I truly believe it is, you know, it is the way that every single person in this profession should be aspiring to build our biz- build your business. I think in 2022, you want to know what I believe the opportunity is for all of you, if you want to be different, is really lean into what it means to have a service mindset, right? Stop selling, stop focusing on the results, stop being worried so much about what other people think and feel of you. Because if you're doing that, all that is is just fear-based thinking and red light stories that lead you to focusing on yourself and truly show up from a place of love and belief and focus on other people and really be present to the conversations that are happening. When you're having a conversation with someone, don't constantly be worried about the next thing that you're going to do in order to bring up your stuff. Don't be attached to the result. Just be present and connect with people and serve, but have purpose and intention. See, that's a problem. We lack confidence when we're prospecting because we don't really have a clear plan as to what we want to do and why we're doing it. Having a service mindset, knowing the kind of questions that you want to ask, finding questions that will actually lead to conversation in a way that's much more meaningful, that's the secret to creating better results. And look, we've, we've talked about this before on episode 251. I introduced this idea to you. But I'm just like so certain that this is something that is such a huge opportunity for growth for all of you. We're going to be spending lots of time digging into this concept this year on the podcast. So you're going to hear me reference the guide um, quite a bit in the recording, and I wanted to make sure I made that available to you. So this is a completely free resource, free PDF. All you have to do is enter your name and email. We'll immediately send it to you. You can print it up. And these are like questions that you can literally start using today in your business. And I promise you, if you embrace What I'm teaching you, you will be amazed at how quickly you can start to see different and better results, how much more fulfilled you start feeling. Like, how cool would it be every day waking up prospecting to not feel like this is something you have to do, but to genuinely be excited to go out and share with people and talk to people and connect with people? That's what this process will do for you. So I'll put this link in the show notes, but it's yourvirtualupline.com forward slash better questions. You can uh, go there as soon as we're done right now and get that resource. But let me turn it over to the actual recording of the training, and then I'll be back when we're done. I want to start off kind of talking about why questions are important. Now, this thing that we teach called Love, Serve, Grow, 
it's based on this idea that real success and real fulfillment, time, freedom, creating a business that runs without you, one that really impacts and changes the lives of the people on your team in a meaningful way, those things don't come from sales, they come from service. And when we talk about making the shift from sales to service, one of the biggest things that we start doing is we just fundamentally start thinking differently about what we do. Somebody that's focused on sales is thinking and acting like a salesperson, really, where really when they're interacting with people, the primary focus of the conversations is what they can get, right? I can get a sale. I can get a new recruit. And when we're approaching having a conversation, that becomes the entire context for how we look at it. The reason why we're always so hesitant to bring up our business is because we're focused on the end result. We're focused on what we can get. Is it the right time? Would they be interested? What are they going to think? It's because in that moment of having a conversation with somebody, we're not focused on them. We're focused on ourselves. Now, it doesn't mean we're bad people. And you can actually even have a heart to serve and want to help. But the problem is this, is if you're stuck in a red light story and you're showing up in your business from fear, there is no other possible outcome than to focus on that. See, what we're trying to help you do is when we learn how to put love at the center of our business and our life, and all that really means is that we start recognizing these red light stories that have been holding us back, that have been causing us to show up in a fearful way. And through the management of our mind, right, which is what we've been working on, we teach you how to make the shift in that moment to a different set of thoughts. And when we show up from more of a loving place and we have more loving thoughts, which are not focusing on the negative, but on the positive, here's one of the biggest shifts that happens is we, the focus comes off of us and it goes on the other person. Service is like in the moment, it's letting go of the attachment to the result. And it's truly just being present in a conversation with someone and genuinely becoming interested in finding out if they might be a fit for your business. And that's an important, that's an important point. Somebody that has a sales mentality that's thinking and acting like a salesperson, they want to treat everybody like they're a prospect. And here's what I think is one of the, not what I think, what I know to be one of the worst parts of our profession is when we are constantly pitching our stuff, right? We're, we're presenting and we're pitching our products and services to people that don't even have a legitimate need. Look, that's the reason why people don't like, generally speaking, what we do. Most of the people that look down on our profession, they don't even really understand what it is. They're ignorant to to the actual business model. But they had an experience at one point in their life, most likely more than one experience, with somebody in this profession that was pitching their stuff to them without even taking the time to find out if they had a legitimate need. And that's one of the things you've got to stop presenting and pitching your stuff to people that don't have a need. Now, the question becomes, how do we find out if someone has a need? Well, this is where questions come in. See, when you adopt a mindset of service and you become genuinely interested in finding out that someone have a need, here's what we're really looking for. We're looking for problems. Somebody with a service mindset, they truly look at themselves and they think and feel like they are a paid problem solver. They get paid every single day to go out 
and have conversations with people around meaningful things to identify, is there an area of dissatisfaction in this person's life? Is there something they're struggling with that I might be able to help them with? And if that becomes our mindset, then what? here's what happens. We start talking less and we start asking better questions. See, that's the thing. If you're doing all the talking in a conversation with a prospect, that's a sales mindset. That's a sales tactic. That's a sales approach. If you have a service-based mindset, you don't do much talking. You go into that conversation with with a plan. It's purposeful. It's intentional. You know the right questions to ask because you know what you're looking for. Now, a big part of what I want to have you start to think about here is this. This is a simple starting point for learning how to ask better questions. Asking yourself, what are the problems that you're looking to help people solve? What are the problems that your products can help people solve? What are the problems that your business opportunity could help someone solve? What are the problems that you are looking to help people with in the, you, in the mission that you have behind the work that you're going to do. So I'll share with you a quick example. Yesterday on our coaching session at 12 o'clock, I forget who it was, but somebody asked me a question about you know just prospecting. We started down this line of, of talking about why are you doing this? And when I first asked her why she was doing this, she couldn't really give me an answer. And, you know, the answer was like, well, I want more time freedom because I want to be a better, you know, I want to be a more present, I don't know if it was mom or, you know, I want to be a more present wife. Those things are important to me. I want to be able to, you know, do things that I want to do. And, and I said, well, why are those things important to you? Why is it important that you're a better wife or a better mom? Well, because it makes me feel better about myself. Why? Well, because I feel more worthy. Okay. That's, so that's something. Why is it important for you to do the things that you want to do in life? Well, it gives me a sense of control. So in the span of about two to three minutes of just asking a couple questions, we tapped into something that I thought was pretty meaningful. Listen, part of the mission behind the work that you do is to give women a greater sense of self-worth and more control in their lives, whether that's control of their finances or control of their time. Imagine if you went into a conversation thinking, this is what I do. And imagine if you went into a conversation with a set of questions that you know you could ask somebody to find out, are they struggling with those things? See, here's the thing. When you learn how to, when you make this shift now, but once again, we will never truly be able to focus on that other person if we've got a red light story that's driving that action, because red light stories are fearful thinking. And fearful thinking means that we need to get something to feel better, right? We, we're, we're not acknowledging our own sense of self-worth. We're not acknowledging our own capabilities. We're coming from a place of lack and scarcity. So if that's how we're having conversations, then you're always going to need the result. You're always going to be focused on the result. And when we're focused on what we can get, we're not present to what's happening in that conversation in the moment. Service can only happen in the present moment. It's when we let go of our attachment to the results. And the only thing that's going to give us the ability to do that is we have to manage our mind. But we start becoming really curious about asking questions. So I want to talk to you a little bit. I want to help you understand from an actual technical aspect where questions need to be asked and why they're important. Okay, now I'm going to be teaching you some things, by the way, if you're joining late. We're, we're I'm doing a training on one of the bonuses that we gave you when you signed out to ask better questions. Um, this, uh, I, I posted this in the group the other day. 
It's in your membership area for all the recordings of the boot camp. Print that up and have that in front of you because it's literal gold in there. But I'm going to just be teaching you some things from inside of that um, PDF, all right? So don't feel like you have to write everything down I want to say because it's literally in there. But the first thing I want to start off with is that generally speaking, anytime you're having a conversation or you're engaged, like you're, you're taking a prospect through the process of introducing them to what you do. There are four distinct phases, okay? And sometimes these phases, are there can be four. There should be four distinct phases. Most people either combine the phases together or they skip some of them in, in, in the haste of wanting to share what they do. But here are what should be the four distinct phases of a conversation with a prospect. Number one is the introduction. The introduction is basically where you know it's it's opening up the conversation. It's that first or that second message with somebody that you're starting a conversation with online. That happens pretty quickly. The uh, investigating phase. So the investigating phase. This is really important because here's where we're starting to ask better questions to identify a need. So we're basically just trying to figure out. Is this person even a prospect? Just because somebody is breathing doesn't mean they're a prospect for your business. Here's where we have a sales mindset. We treat everybody like we're a prospect, right? We don't slow down enough and take the time to even find out, is there a need here? And so when I talk to you about having good form, bad form, what most people practice, everybody's a prospect. Let me just start a conversation. Let me ask some introductory questions and then let me rush right into sharing my business. They completely skip the investigating phase. The third phase is, is demonstrating capability. So think of this as now is now's when you when you you're presenting kind of your stuff, right? There we're presenting what we have. Now, if done correctly, that should not be something that you ever even have to think about or that ever causes you one moment of self-doubt or fear. Think about how many times you've said to yourself, I just don't know the right time to bring up my business. Well, it's most likely because you're not asking the right questions to identify legitimate needs because if you're doing that, it is so easy to bring up your business. Like Not bringing it up is actually more uncomfortable than you bringing it up. Now, but most people, they rush right into that phase, and that's where we turn people away. And then the fourth phase of a prospecting conversation is obtaining commitment. And this is where we're actually asking them to buy. We're asking them to join. We're trying to get a decision. And listen, those four phases are present, whether you're using them or not, or spending time in them. Those are You need to start thinking a little differently about how you're taking people through your process. Now, there's two really big mistakes that people make. Okay. They either rush right into the third phase, which is presenting my stuff, right? So we go too quickly to saying, hey, here's what I have to do. Here's my company. Here's why I think you'd be the product. So we present, we, we try to demonstrate our capabilities without ever identifying a need to connect it to. And that's where, and look, we've all been in those kinds of conversations. People start telling us what they do and why it could be great for us before even finding out if there's a need or if we're interested in hearing it. That's the number one problem. Or here's the other bigger problem. This is equally as, as a, an issue. We spend way too much time in the introduction phase. 
And we just, you know, this is the small talk. These are what, what we refer to as situational questions. So let me explain to you, a situation question is like a getting to know you question. And situational questions happen in the first phase, the introduction, and you have to ask them. You've got to at least start a conversation with someone. There needs to be some sort of rapport. You can't look, I think the days, I think for most of you, like the days of you just copying and pasting and pitching people in the first message, I, I pray to God, I hope those days are over for you. I know they're not for everyone because somehow I still get them. I mean, I, to this day, I still get those kinds of messages. And it, I mean, it's just beyond me how people just don't know any better by now. But hopefully most of you have moved past that. But here's the trap. Because we're thinking like a salesperson and we're so focused on, so this is why this happens. We're so focused on the result. And we're so focused on what they're going to say. We're so focused on the yes or no. We're living in fear. And what winds up happening is we ask way too many situational questions. So let me give you, let me give you some examples of situational questions. Do you have any kids or family? Or how are the family? How are the kids? What do you do for work? Or hey, how's the job? Um, you know, what's new? Uh, you know, uh, you know, what, uh, how, what have you been up to lately? Like, these are just the, these are situational questions that are just conversational. They're opening it up, but how many times, how many, you know, or, Hey, where do you live? Do you like living there? Do you like working there? Like how many times have we been stuck in a conversation with someone on social media that is just throwing us situational questions and we feel like we're on the dating game or on 20 questions and what, see, Here's the problem is when you do that, people see right through it. It actually becomes such a negative because we know that there's some sort of an agenda, right? We're just waiting for it. And inevitably, it always comes. See, the problem is you can't ask too many situational questions. Situational questions are easy. We do it because it's easy and it's comfortable. It's a little bit more uh, scary for us to start asking problem questions and for us to start challenging people to think in a way they don't. And that's the reason why we stay stuck in these surface level situational questions. Here's what I've found. And this is when I began, when, when my results began to really change, here's what I did. I started asking way less situational questions. Look, you have to ask them because you have to open up a conversation. But You've got to move quickly to the second phase. There has to be some sense of purpose and intention behind a conversation. People lose patience really quickly because situational questions have absolutely no value to people. Like there's no value to me just telling people what I do and where I live and how many kids I have. Or, you know, now if it's a friend, that's a little different. But still, at some point, it's like, you know, we don't, we, we, time is a premium for all of us. And we don't want to sit around all day just recounting the, you know, the last six months of our life to every single friend of ours that wants to reach out. But this is what we do because it's easy and it's the comfortable thing to do. So we just dance around the situational questions. We stay in the introduction phase. And then at some point, we bring up the courage. We think we see the opening in the door. Maybe it's just a pause in the back and forth. And then we just go right to phase three, which is, hey, here's what I'm doing.
And that's the reason why, that's the reason why number one, you get ghosted so often. It's the reason why you're not really having meaningful conversations with people that are like feeling fulfilling. See, here's the thing. Here's, here's the secret. The people that understand what I'm teaching you today, like the very best in this profession, they literally love prospecting because to them, it's not even prospecting. Like they're so fulfilled by having conversations with people because they're talking about completely different things than you are. You're talking about your products and services and your business and why they're so great. And they're talking about this other stuff. They're talking about purpose and meaning and transformation and how they want to help people and how they can help people make their lives different. That's the mindset of service. So let's talk a little bit about the right kind of questions. The kind of questions that we really need to get you thinking a little bit more about are what are called problem questions. So when you look at people that are the most successful, the most successful leaders, the people that you really admire. I promise you, if you were to look through their inboxes and their DMs and their conversations, you would be absolutely shocked at what you see because they would be asking questions that you've never even in your mind thought to ask. Now, partially because you've been stuck in that red light fear-based thinking that has always caused you to focus on sales but that fear has also kept you from pushing past that, those comfortable situation questions and really getting into the meat of things that are important with people. Part of it is really the belief that you can help. See, that's another thing. Like, It's hard to ask problem questions in a way that's effective if deep down inside you don't believe you can actually help people. So once again, this is the reason why managing our mind is so critical because we need to be showing up from a confident place, not a place of fear and doubt. Otherwise, this is not going to work. But when we think about problem questions, here are some. So, so the first step is let's identify the problems that we can solve. So ask yourself, when we think about your business, because I know that this is probably going to be, you know, most of you are going to be out there trying to find some new team members. What are some of the problems that your business can solve? Well, let's say, um, let's go to the example that I just shared. Here's where I want to help you go a little deeper. See, the surface level stuff is what most people talk about. Well, time freedom, okay? Well, I can give people time freedom because if they build a business and they build a team and they get leverage, they can have time back, right? So time freedom, you know, that's a clear one. And you may talk about time freedom, but I want you to go deeper. I want you to really explore this. I want you to, using that example that I gave you earlier in that coaching session yesterday, ask yourself, why would that be important? Why would time freedom be important, right? Here's the thing. Ask yourself this, somebody that doesn't have a lot of time in their life, what other problems could arise because of that? And think about your ideal recruit, your ideal team member. So maybe you tell me, Bob, my ideal team member on my business is just like me. She's a mom. She's got kids. Right? She's trying to juggle their everyday responsibilities of maybe a job or career or maybe just being home with the kids. And now you know, they've got, you know, uh, they're back out of school and, and, and she has a, a relationship that's important to her and all these other things. And, and so she doesn't have a lot of time. So what else is an issue? Well, maybe her health 
has started to slowly deteriorate because she doesn't have time to commit to her own physical health because she's so burning the candle at both ends in these other areas. Maybe she's feeling kind of unfulfilled by her life. It's not that she doesn't love being a mom and a wife, and it's not that that's not important to her, but maybe deep down inside, she feels called to do something else and she doesn't have the time and it's causing this really sense of just not being fulfilled or happy with her life. You know, think about somebody that doesn't have a lot of time, that's feeling unfulfilled and doesn't have great physical health. Maybe her relationship is starting to suffer. Maybe because she doesn't feel good about herself, she's not able to give her best self to her husband. So in the span of just a couple of seconds, we went from this time freedom thing, which by the way, that's not really what we're after. It's all the other things that really we think time freedom will give us. So imagine if you went into a conversation with somebody that fit the uh, fit the mold of your ideal prospect, and imagine you started to develop a series of questions or conversations that could possibly identify somebody that struggled with those things. You know, we start asking questions like, you know, hey, how are you just coping with everything? I mean, you've got so much going on. How are you feeling about just life in general? Or maybe we start asking like, you know, uh, hey, how's, you know, how's your physical health been? You know, I know it's got to be stressful just dealing with the kids being home. You know, how's that going for you? Or, hey, you know, I I know you've talked in the past about getting back into the workforce. Is that something that you still are looking to do? I mean, what, what, what do you think the future has in store for you in terms of work or career? Ask pointed questions that could turn the conversation in an area that you know there might be dissatisfaction. Or how about this? How about learning how to share your story in a way where you talk about those things? Right. If you're that person, essentially say, look, I don't know about you, but here's how I'm feeling. You know, I'm stuck at home and and and, and I'm afraid to admit it, but but I, I'm not feeling fulfilled. And I love being a mom, right? And I love this, but but I just I feel like there's something more that should be out there for me. You know, I haven't felt good about myself and my physical health has kind of started to deteriorate. So I'm getting recommitted this year. And you know, I'm looking for some other people like me. Some moms that don't have a lot of time and aren't feeling fulfilled that want to get their health back in order so they can get their life back. That's the kind of person that I'm helping. Does that resonate with you? Hey, does anybody come to mind that you know that might be like, do do you see how this kind of a conversation, it's such a different tone because it's not about me. It's about them. But I'm going in totally confident because I know what I want to say. Right? I know the questions I'm going to ask. And the thing is this, when you ask good questions, you get, the other, you get the prospect talking. It makes it so much easier for you to transition into sharing your stuff. So if we've asked good questions and we've identified a need, we can then begin to share. We have permission to share. But there's one final thing. There's one final thing I really want to hit home on, okay? Understanding the difference between what is called an implicit and an, an implied and an explicit need. So let me let me give you an example here. An explicit and implied need, right? An implied need would be something like I don't have a lot of free time. So when we're talking to somebody, we're having a conversation, you'll, when you identify a need, I want you to think of it as it's like a seed, right? Like somebody says something, you know, I'm not 
you know, I, yeah, I just don't have a lot of time. That's an implied need. That's the starting point for this process. Now, I'll, I'll say this, okay, because I don't want to like psych you guys out because this is, once again, this is an example of a skill that you're, you need to work on this year. And it's gonna, you're gonna begin working on it because by the time we're done together, you're gonna be doing a much better job at managing your mind, at identifying those red light stories that are causing you to show up from a place of fear so that you're making the mistakes that we've talked about. You're gonna be in a better space. You're gonna be showing up from love. So you really can focus on other people. And that naturally is going to lead you to better results. But when we layer this other stuff on, it has such an exponential effect on your outcomes and your business. And the next step is we start becoming conscious of how we're communicating with people. So you're going to start asking questions and it's going to be uncomfortable in the beginning. And you're going to ask some questions and people aren't going to respond. And you're going to ask questions and you're not going to find a problem. And guess what? That's just part of the process. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It just means that that's the way that it goes. But here's the thing. We identify an implied need. Somebody says, yeah, I don't have a lot of time. Now, if that's all you did, and then you said, hey, I've got something that can give you time. Would you be interested in hearing? That alone would be so much better than what most of you are doing now. But some of you that really want to lean into this love, serve, grow thing and really want to learn how you can provide your highest level of service to the world you're going to learn how to take it a step further. And that step further leads us to the third type of questions, which we call implication questions. So I want you to think of, and once again, all of this stuff is in your guidebook, okay? I just want to talk you through some of this and let you know how important it is. Think of implication questions as, right? If it's it's that line of thinking that we just went through. So it's like, if I have this problem, what else could result? So if you've identified somebody that at the time they might be having issues with their physical health, they might be, you know, sense of purpose or relationship, you learn to start saying, oh, wow, you don't have time. Well, that's interesting because, you know, maybe you share your story in my life. You know, I was kind of the same and here's, I found it affected this other area of my life. So, you know, do you find that your physical health has deteriorated? Or, you know, if I'm honest, you know, my husband and I kind of, we didn't have the best relationship when I was in that place. I, you know, how's that with you? And now listen, you may be like, oh, Bob, I could never ask those kinds of questions. I'm like, why not? Why could you not? If you're in a conversation with somebody that you know is hurting, that might need some help, why could you not ask those kinds of questions? Now, you might not ask that kind of question to a complete stranger that you just met. You might not say, hey, how's your relationship? But you certainly could say, well, how's your health? Right. So there's different layers to it. But I'm going to tell you why you couldn't ask that question, because you're afraid of what they're going to say. You you're afraid to ask that question, because in that moment, you create a red light story that is that basically says, if I ask that, it's going to go really wrong. Is it going to go really wrong? Who knows? But you, you see what we do to ourselves. See, you got to be able to push past that and you got to know that you've got a gift that you can offer people. And we have to find out who are the people that really need this gift. But we start asking these additional implication questions. You know, how's that affected your health? And now they're talking about how 
their health is not so great. And now maybe they're talking about the relationship and now maybe they're talking about their sense of purpose. And then, so here's what we're looking to do by asking implication questions, going deeper, okay? Number one, we're demonstrating to the prospect that we really care. Do you realize how few people actually care enough to ask those kinds of questions? See, what we're, what we're trying to do is we want the prospect to feel understood and heard. So you need to start spending way less time trying to get people to understand you. And you need to make it a goal to make sure that that person feels heard and understood, to make them feel seen. See, the one thing about people that do this, why they feel so fulfilled is because even if that person isn't interested in joining them, that person feels seen in that moment. They feel love. They feel like somebody cared. And that is so fulfilling. What that does is it creates relational capital with people. Look, whether they join your business or not, I'm telling you, you do that consistently, you will reap the rewards of it for sure. But what happens is this implied need, which was, yeah, I don't have a lot of time. We start layering on implication questions. We start having this really deep conversation with people. Here's what happens. The implied need becomes an explicit need. And an explicit need would sound something like this. I need to find something to give me more time. See, an an implied need is I don't have time. An explicit need is I need to find something. An implied need is I don't like my job. An implied need is, you know, I'm not happy with my career. An explicit need is I need to find a new job. I need to find a different career. See, when you can take the seed of of an implied need and water it through implication questions and it grows into an explicit need, it's game over. It's game over. I mean, it's done. It's like, I need to find a new job. Oh, okay, great. Let's talk. It's so easy. It's effortless. Like if you don't share it with people at that point, shame on you. It's weirder not to talk about your business at that point. Because once again, we're coming from a place of service. We believe in what we have. We're offering them an option. But here's the thing in the back of our mind, I'll just say this in closing. It's not the only option. See, here's the secret. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now how you can stand out. Okay. This is probably one of the best tips I'll ever give you. The easiest way to stand out from 99%, 99 99.9% of other people in this profession that are out there trying to do something like this, you want to know uh, this is the easiest way to stand out. This is my number one hack for, for true success. Stop, don't stop caring about helping them when they say no. That's it. Don't stop caring. Don't stop being passionate about helping people just because they said no to your product or to your business. See, somebody with a sales mentality, a sales mindset, will be in it with them until the point of no, and then they're gone. And you know, they might not be so rude as just to leave, but they've mentally already checked out and they're on thinking about who's next. And this is very clear. I talk to these people all the time that say, yeah, I run out of people to talk to. I go, what do you mean you run out of people to talk to? Well, I don't talk to anymore. I go, oh, so you don't know anybody anymore? Well, no, I do, but I've already talked to them. I'm like, oh, okay, so I get it. So you're, you have a sales mindset. They go, well, what do you mean? I go, well, a salesperson, that's something they would say. I've run out of people to talk to because I've already talked to everybody, which by the way, is never true anyway. That's just your red light story. I've talked to everybody. Have you? Well, no. Okay. So what did you do? Well, I just talked to the people that I thought would be interested or that I felt comfortable talking to Bob. And that list is gone. So now I've moved on to random strangers on the internet. 
And I don't know why my business isn't working. Because if you can't create results in your warm market, you ain't never going to create it in your cold market. So stop kidding yourself and start facing your fears and start addressing the real issue here. See, the truth is this. If you have a mindset of service, okay, if you have the mindset of service, you never abandon your warm market. Why would you want to help a random stranger on the internet instead of helping people in your life that you love and care about? See, recognize this. Timing is a big thing. I might not be interested today, but six months from now, something in my life might change that would cause me to have a legitimate need. And shame on you if you don't go back to them because you're stuck in your own sales thinking, thinking, oh, I've already talked to them. I'm afraid to go back to them because they said no. What would I say? Sales thinking. It's time to really lean into the service mindset. And the truth is this, if you had a service mindset, you would never stop caring about people. But here's the other thing you would do. I'm going to give you a huge tip here. As you start going out and you start having these conversations with people and you start identifying implicit needs and problems, like, you know, I know this person's struggling, they're struggling with their weight. They told me that, you know, they weren't interested in getting my stuff right now. Okay. But they're struggling with their weight. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to jot that down. Okay. And I'm going to thank them for their time. And I'm going to leave that conversation with a plan. And here's what the plan is. I'm going to go find something that I think can help that person. Okay. And I'm going to reach back out to them in 48 hours and say, Hey, look, I was thinking about our conversation the other day. And I wanted to share something with you that I truly think can help get you back on track to becoming more healthy. Maybe it's a, a, a recipe. Maybe it's a tip. Maybe it's a podcast or a book or just something that you gathered during your journey that really added value to you in that area. And here's what you do. You give to them with no expectation of return. You let them know, I wasn't just in it to get you to buy. Like I truly care enough to go through the finish line. That's what makes the best people the best people. They don't stop caring. They don't stop trying to solve problems. Look, I'm telling you, if you look at, stop looking at no as the end and look at no as the beginning. No is the start of the process. No just means it's not the right time, you don't have a need yet, or I didn't do it the right way. And if I go back, all those things are different. It's a new time. Things might have changed, and I have a different approach. You can create a better result. So my challenge to you is this, is as you're, imp as you're implementing everything I'm teaching you, lean back into people that you know. Right. Who do you love? Who are the people in your life that you love the most and that you care about the most that you want to see them win this year? Those should be the first people you talk to. Those should be the first people that you talk to. I don't care how many times they told you no, right? Authentically communicate with them. Well, what's that mean, Bob? Just tell them what you think and feel. Tell them what you think and feel. That's authentic communication. Well, I can't do that. Why? Because you have a red light story. You can't tell somebody what you're thinking and feeling because you think that if you do that, they're not going to say yes, or they're going to get angry. What are you doing? You're focused on the result. So do you see how all of this just ties in together? So these are the two big, I see these as the two big building blocks. We've got managing our mind and we've got taking that service mindset and asking better questions. You marry these two things together. They work together. Look out, y'all are going to change a lot of lives this year in your business. And that's what I'm most excited about.
So hopefully you got as much value out of that as, as I did in delivering it. You know, that was sometimes we just, we deliver a message in a way that we just feel really connected to that, 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 that we know it resonates with people. And I, I just saw the feedback that we got in the group. And I said, this is something that we got to share with our audience because I think they're, like I mentioned in the training, there's really two key things, like these two building blocks. When we think of love and service and growth, the, the three parts of the framework, managing your mind, right? Really being able to identify and move past those red light stories so that in the moment you can show up from a different place, not the fear that's held you back, not the doubt that causes you to be ineffective and powerless when you're prospecting, but from love so you can serve. And when we're focused in the moment on service, we give ourselves the space and the permission to ask better questions, to be able to move past that uncomfortable feeling and that fear. And your willingness to do that will bring you so much joy, fulfillment uh, in your business every day. And what that does for your results, you're going to be astounded. So hope you got some value out of the show today. Hey, do me a favor if if you did share this with somebody that you think it can help. I mean, God knows there's so many people in this profession that need to hear this message. So uh, share it with somebody that, that you think might be able to benefit from it. So with that being said, have an incredible day, everybody. And uh, I'll see you soon on the next episode.